Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast episode. I don't remember. We are back. <laughs> one forty-five. One forty-five. I swear we were on one forty-five last week, but I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. Playoffs have started. We're in it, man. It, okay. I gotta say, this is a good playoffs in it my is. opinion so it far. Uh, let's let's get right to the uh, defending champions. Lakers and the Suns. Eventful first two games. Yes, very much so. Um, Where do you want to start start? here? The Lakers have so many... The Lakers have so many layers to them Mm -hmm. that there's like so much to get into with how they play. Yeah. Uh, But I want to talk about Phoenix first because it's their first playoffs. Been a minute since they've been in it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I love how they came out, honestly. I do, too. Absolutely. Uh, that includes both games. Even the game they lost, I really like how competitive they are. Yep. Uh, they're one of the few teams I can remember that went into the playoffs after not being there for a while and is mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah. Like, there's yep. no, you know, Aiton, Aiton's locked in, Booker's locked These are guys who've been in the league for a few years. Yeah. Uh, even their role players like Bridges, who who's kind of a newer player, they're all just ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're giving yeah. the Lakers, they're giving the Lakers a tougher time than I thought they would. Honestly, I agree. I agree, big time. Uh, who? Well, what do you notice the most? What do you think? Um, you know. Devin Booker's scoring package is legit. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's like, and they do a good job of running sets for him to attack. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't. He very rarely. Now that I think about it, he very rarely just isos in like a dead possession. Right. There's always some kind of movement before he gets the ball, or he gets it in a maybe like a post up spot or a pick and roll spot. Uh, yeah, or or the weak side is doing something. They're not just watching him. Right. Yeah. And and it helps him because again his scoring package is so elite, and when the coaching staff isn't just like falling back on that, mm-hmm. that that helps every everybody on the roster. Honestly. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, Chris Paul was more of an MVP candidate than I thought. That's another thing I've noticed. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, because once he got hurt, they they like they impressed me and disappointed me in their depth. Like mm-hmm. looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a lot of teams can lose their star point guard and have somebody to like fill in some of those minutes. Mm-hmm. And campaign has done a good job. Again, I think Monty Williams's rotation is like is is deep. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the flip side is the the distribution of shots without Chris Paul has yep. like has slightly gotten worse. I agree. And and some of the decision making when it when there's less decision making happening by a all-time Hall of Fame point guard, you're more prone to mistakes. Yep. 
Uh, and we were talking about it a lot in game two. The turnovers were just a disaster. Right. And, we, and the turnovers, without CP, it's not that they can't make good passes. Yes. It's that exactly. it's the first pass that they make that's bad. It's like I could see CP is good at making the first pass in that not all of his passes are assists, but they're a pass that sets up an assist. Like, you know, it's the... It's the second pass that becomes the assist from what CP finds. And that's where these Booker, Cameron Johnson, Bridges, that's where all of them fail miserably. And Payne is okay at it. But the thing is, they can make a pass for an assist. Yeah, cool. But that pass that maybe someone's slightly covered where they'll have to swing it again, they miss that every time. And it looks like Booker always goes for, like, the assist a lot of times. And it ends yeah. up being a turnover. And a lot He of also cases. seems to process, like, like how the defense is taking away teammates. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he, he stops to see opportunities. But even when he makes the pass, it's always really late. Yeah. Like, he's overthinking it or, like, isn't quite sure if that pass is there or not. Yep. And yeah. that's and, that's a bad thing to do against the Lakers. It is, and then you know, and this is one thing a lot of scorers have issues with, and you know, Donovan Mitchell will talk about later is actually great at this. Sometimes scorers expect the pass to form an angle for them, where CP goes and creates the angle for the pass. Even if even yeah. if it's not, CP will create the angle. And maybe he won't pass it. Maybe he'll score from there. But it's still the place where he can make a good pass from. And I think Booker a lot of times would drive and get really deep and think that the guys will just fall into the angle and it's not there. You know, the defender is there. Yeah. He has to make a real risky pass. Or the pass this is one that they can do nothing from. You know. So, uh, that is something. Every time CP comes out of the game and pain doesn't have the ball a lot it's, it's tough yeah. and that's that's one thing that makes it even worse is that pain has to have the ball a lot when he's in there to, to like be effective yeah right and CP can have the ball you know 40% of the offense and he's still really effective on the court but if pain doesn't have the ball you know he can only do so much he can catch and shoot but you're not going to get another good pass after you pass it to the pain later in the yeah. possession. So. Yeah. But, as you said, the depth, man, they get a lot of good minutes from a lot of guys. Cameron Johnson, like I said, uh, Torrey Craig came in gave him good minutes. Sarge gave him good minutes. They had to go with Etuan Moore just a little bit. Now, they haven't actually played a backup center, have they? Not that I've seen, no. So that's interesting, which, I mean, it's tough. It's weird. Because the Lakers have three dominant centers. Just, yeah, yeah, and they threw in Marcus Saul out there too, who was was contributing. Yeah, it's it's just weird that DeAndre Ayton has been so lights out. He's been great. He's looked fantastic. I mean, he's, and like, it's not really kind of the game. I expected him to grow into. Mm-hmm. 
He's just competing. Like, that's really all it is. It's nothing, you know, it's nothing like no elite move or just like a, some some greatness as a star player. He's just co- out competing, outworking the Lakers bigs a lot of the time. And I think of all things that is really being showcasing is his athleticism. Yeah. I mean, I, the way he's been running the floor, yeah. he's been beating the Lakers bigs down the floor a lot of times. That's been a lot of his easy buckets. He's the first person down court. I've seen him catch up. You know, I think um, I think it was Payne got a steal at half court, and he came from like the free throw line all the way under the basket before anyone else it turned into a three on two fast break. Uh, so it's that's simple the one things thing like that that just makes such a difference. It does, and that's the one thing to me that has stood out that I didn't know he had. And that, you know, dealing with Anthony Davis, you assume that's always going to be the weak part of the other center's offense, yeah, right? They're exactly. they're not going to be as athletic as Anthony Davis, so that's going to be the the main advantage. But Aiton is showing. I mean, he's he's there with him, and he's yeah, stronger. Man. And he's got the confidence. Like he, after making mistakes, whether it's catching the ball or missing something, if they go back to him, he'll confidently attack. Yeah, he will. Uh, I I really like his future going forward, man. That short-term scorer's mentality. Yeah. Yeah. He has. It's kind of weird because he has, to me, such great chemistry with everybody Mm -hmm. except Devin Booker. And this this has been my personal issue with Devin Booker since college, really. I think he's a good player, but because he can't score enough to, like, win every game by himself. Yeah. And he also doesn't pass enough to be a playmaker, you know. And, you know, I brought up Beal and Donovan to you off air. It's just he's just not there where I could see you building a team around him. He looks like a Robin trying to be a Batman sometimes on the court. Not saying I, not saying he's not good enough to be Batman, but it's how he plays that makes it hard for someone to be his sidekick. You know? Yeah, he just he doesn't gra- like he doesn't draw attention for a full game to me. No, he doesn't. Because scoring wise, he's just as good as Mitchell, just as good as Beal to me. Yeah, but like, but, that's it. <clears throat> but for some reason, he's not as much of a like threat. If that makes sense. That may- it makes sense because also his game isn't consistently inside out like those guys either. Like, Booker maybe dunks once every other game. Like, maybe, you know, in traffic, maybe once every other game. But that's like a small thing for him, I think. No, no, no. I'm not not just saying dunks, but I'm saying going to the basket versus threes, he kind of gravitates to the same area, that mid-range, that kind of post, because he's bigger than a lot of guards, that that post offense, that Beal and Mitchell don't do that. Bill and Mitchell will bring it up court and go straight to the rack. Bring it up court and pull up three. Booker doesn't do that often, I'm saying. He doesn't seem like he mixes his game up as much as he could. He just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he, he's maybe got it's a lot because of... because he has a dominant big like Aiton in the way. But Yeah, and like Chris Paul takes a lot of pressure off of him mm-hmm. to even need to be a playmaker. Yeah. I agree with you that he doesn't get enough like layups and drives. 
Mm-hmm. But I also think he's a better mid-range player than Mitchell and Beal. But it could so be like, because he has to be. Yeah, it's a little bit inefficient. I, I'm curious, like, as the Suns are going to be a playoff team for a couple years, mm-hmm. I want to see how he progresses with his scoring. Yeah, me too, yeah. Because he looks for guys. I'm Like, he's that's step one to me. The fact that he's looking, seeing guys. Yeah, he sees them, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think as his scoring package gets a little more efficient, I think he'll he'll start to become better as a playmaker. Yeah. And the re- reason I said is maybe he is more mid-range because he has to be is because maybe he just doesn't have the handles package. He's just not nearly as quick as Donovan. He's not... As shifty as Beal, he's Beal, not as pow- like he's not as strong as Beal either, right? Or Donovan either. Yeah. So maybe that's where that's his sweet spot because he doesn't feel comfortable blowing past people or yeah. creating enough space to pull up a lot of threes like Beal does. Beal's create creating of space for threes is top notch. That's not necessarily Booker's game, but um, you know he just has that in between game. It is tough. To be that kind of player on a team like he has, I hope I hope CP stays there for like a couple more years. Mm. It's gonna be tough. I know that. If this Uh, shoulder's injury is as bad as it seems like it is for him to feel it for maybe three games, and they don't make it out this series, I'd be surprised if you know he spends a lot more time there. Because it's something that. I'll be fair. One more year. That's all I ask. Yeah, one more year. Should, yeah, he should make it one more. That's, that's fair. And I, I, I want to see how they grow as a backcourt. I think that'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think they would have to start looking for his replacement like next year, though. Yeah, cam- campaign's not going to be your full-time starter. Yeah. yeah. He's one so, of those. Campaign is just like, he's got the Van Fleet, the Kemba, the Steph. Like, he's just too small to guard for for 40 minutes. And, but even worse, he's weight-wise, he's a lot smaller than even those guys you said. Yeah, you know, yeah. Van Vliet doesn't mind guarding a big guy because he's Van Vliet's big. I mean, he's yeah. strong. And but, Kemba's like crazy quick. Yeah, Kemba's quick, and Kemba's a, more aggressive than Campaign is. So we, of course, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, let's talk about the Lakers. First game. Hot mess. I like it. Just like every other first game, it seems like. They were so bad, man. LeBron was atrocious. The first fact half that LeBron it was, was like atrocious. the fact that it was a game was bizarre to me. And I think that goes back to a lot of the Phoenix's like turnover mistakes. Yeah. Uh because the defense is the only thing I've been impressed with from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like they're still just like last year. They don't. They cannot guard for forty-eight minutes. They just can't. Like they're too lazy. Mm-hmm. But they'll have like a early second quarter stretch, or they'll close like a first or third quarter, or maybe in game two was fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But they'll have this stretch where Phoenix just like looks distraught. Yeah. And it's like every every loose ball Lakers got. Every turnover, they're flying the other way. Every, like, long rebound, they're flying the other way. Yep. And, again, they're they're getting going with the championship run, I think. Just yeah. off of their defense. Yep. Yep. See, and, and, now, 
Real okay. quick, one more thing about the defense. Mm-hmm. Something they could do that we'll get into later with a lot of the other teams can't do. The Lakers are like are very capable of taking something away. Mm-hmm. Lakers don't let you do whatever you want. Like they'll limit something and you know give up something else. Yeah, not the whole game at least. Right. Right. And and yeah. I think they do a good job. They come into games game one and two. They came in with a plan to contain Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shows how they guard him. I mean, they again they can't do it for a full game. It's just it's impossible for them. Right. But again, it's the moments that trigger their runs that are are so effective. Yep. Yep. And and I think it speaks to Phoenix's. Uh, how well Phoenix is playing is that they're limiting a lot of the role guys for LA. You know, yeah. they're making LA starters beat them. They you don't see a lot of bench points uh especially you know second game they had more, I believe. But still, you don't see a lot of bench points whereas like, you know, you don't have Caruso getting off, Horton Tucker is not getting off. A lot of these guys, I'm looking at their plus and minus, and all the bench players have minus. So, oh, yeah. You know, that that's that's good on Phoenix's defense, and Phoenix has a better bench than them, I think. Um, so, it. Yeah. that's one um, thing that they're not, doing well. It's hard to pinpoint how the Lakers won the second game, like, like uh, over the course of the game. Well... And partially because it was very winnable by for Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix yeah. could have won this game. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I had an entirely different look on this series until the last three and a half minutes of Game 2. Mm. Because it was 93-92. Like, again, Lakers had a nice cushion for a while. Phoenix just slashed it. All of a sudden, it's a tight game. Like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, call a timeout, regroup. They come out, and LeBron and Anthony Davis just take over on both ends. Yep. And in such a like old school way, it's just LeBron just dominating on guys who can't guard him. Yep. AD AD finally said, "I'm not letting campaign do whatever he wants all night." Yep. <clears throat> and was just there ripping the ball from him, just making like using his size to bother him. Yep, and AD playing well made Andre Drummond play better as well, I think. Because it, yeah. it opened up a little bit. Drummond had, what he had 15 and 12. I mean, that's Drummond right there. Yeah. And he was having a hard time uh, getting, you know, easy looks. Part of it was because Anthony Davis was playing so bad. And, you know, so he, bad. when Anthony Davis isn't being aggressive... And the bigs can kind of chill, and they can spread the floor on defense, where they don't have to like be in Anthony Davis's face all the time. Drummond has a hard time. Oh, excuse me, but Anthony Davis, man, it's he's playing. He was playing so bad. I just I don't understand why he couldn't do some of the things that Aiton was doing. I agree. Like he'll catch a lob, and I'm like, dude, like that's the move right there. Like just roll set hard screens, keep hitting the boards. Like, I see you trying to work down there. Yeah. But as soon as he got one easy basket, it's feed me the ball, let's kill the offense, let me just... 
Let me just take advantage of... I mean, guys I thought he could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his his back down game has, like, disappeared. I know. And it's almost like Anthony Davis tries to put together, like, a full highlight tape of, like, all everything he can do yes. in the game. Yes, yes. Instead Absolutely. of just going with what you Absolutely. got. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what are That's you what doing? I, you don't have I, to I show to, us the full package. Yes. I used to praise him. I used to praise him last year because, like, teams couldn't keep him from getting layups and dunks. Mm-hmm. Like, he would ISO on guys, and he would just jab, go, or, like, rip through, go, and he's at the rack. Yeah, his rip through is top tier for guys yeah, in the side. Yeah, and he's still, you still see it. Like, he'll rip it through and not really get anywhere, but he's already way closer to the basket. Yeah. And the crazy thing for me is, like, guards and wings are forcing him to shoot jumpers. <laughs> yeah. I saw Bridges force him to shoot a jumper. Yeah, like, dude, you were bullying P.J. Tucker last year, but now, like, Jay Crowder's way too strong for you. <laughs> Jay Crowder's strong, though. He is, but, like, if you're bullying P.J. Tucker, I would think you could yeah. fucking get a layup on Jay Crowder. Yeah. Who's yeah. been great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's and the Lakers are so weird because they look so lazy on offense. They do. They, they, like, they don't want to run anything. They just want to force-feed guys. You see it. They come down. They give Schroeder the ball and just say, like, yo, I don't feel like doing shit, Schroeder. Like, you just roam around. Mm-hmm. AD will screen for you once or twice. Like, make something happen. Yeah. And it, like... Only the Lakers could pull this off to me where they just force-feed Schroeder for several minutes at a time. Nobody really touches the ball besides him. Mm-hmm. And, like, it works for them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is kind of crazy that they can do that. The second game, you know, they, they limited their turnovers big time, especially um, LeBron and AD. Uh, That's all they need to do, really. Yeah, because the first game, LeBron had five turnovers AD didn't have any turnovers but he didn't make a lot of passes yeah. so he was just missing a lot of shots some some awful shots can also count as turnovers so AD really had a lot exactly yeah yep. but the Lakers again this is why I praised them all year they could play any way they could succeed in any play style uh, you see them like they, they're not shooting the ball well but they're still generating good looks for guys. Yep. Now, if if Chris Paul is healthy after you know, if he's healthy for Game Three and on, what do you you know? What's the? I think Phoenix the, takes another game. One more game. I'm not sure which one it's going to be because again, the Lakers are just so selective with their effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think. I think they're going to tie up the series at two. I think the Lakers will get this next one, and then Phoenix will tie it up. Okay. I think I will roll with that, too. <clears throat> but it's just, you, you're already starting to see it with the Lakers, and they're not even playing well. That their peak is way better, way more complete than anybody else. It is. And the strange thing is, the Lakers' depth looks garbage so far, in my opinion. It's because uh, of this lazy, like, force-feed guy's offense. I I hate the force-feed of Taylor Horton Tucker, man. 
He's not I will, a point I will guard. Pay extra money to watch the game without them passing him the ball. But Wesley Matthews has been garbage. Horton Tucker has been trash. Caruso has just he hasn't been that impactful, at least on offense. Yeah. Um the Morris KCP twin has done has nothing. KCP's been off. Mark Even Morris has done nothing. Kuzma has just I don't think kind of been Mark f- has played. He played, yeah. He played in Did the he? last game. Yeah. Not much, well, but not he played. Notice him. Kuzma's just kind of been a floor spacer. Yeah, and he so, hasn't really he's gone long time like stretches without touching the ball. Right. Montrezl didn't even play last game. And Ben McLemore didn't play at all either. Hasn't played. That's a surprise to me. I, but me I too, get it. I, I, this Phoenix looks like a team that he would succeed against. To me, at least. Yeah. But Vogel's been very defensive-minded with how yeah. he plays guys. Yeah, he has. And I think over the course of this series, it's going to pay off for them. Yeah, and, and really in the big scheme of things, Phoenix isn't going that deep in their bench either. They've really only went four off the bench. They haven't went to Javon Carter, Langston Galloway, Frank Kaminsky, Etwan Moore played a little bit in the first game, but he didn't play at all the second game. And I think they have Tony Bradley, too, as their backup center. I could be wrong about that. But, um, Brad- he's not I wouldn't even mind Bradley getting a couple minutes. I think he could, too. Uh, he's I mean, still there. Especially if, I think... If Gasol is out there not doing much on offense, I think Bradley, that's a good time to rest Aiton and have Bradley in there still to get rebounds Yeah, and defend I, I the basket. Phoenix Phoenix is in a very dangerous spot where if Aiton gets in early foul trouble, like, they're oh, not so, going to be able to stop the Lakers at all. Yeah. Because I yeah. think he's been a huge part of why they've been able to contain the Lakers a lot of the time. Definitely. Definitely. But the the defending champs, again, last year was the same thing. They come out, Portland looks like, oh, there might be a good matchup for them, and then we're going to play defense now. Right. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Uh, the <laughs> One of the favorites in the East, the Nets. Nets and Celtics. Not much to say here. No. Uh, we know that the Celtics are depleted. Uh, we know that the Nets are completely full strength, and uh, they're playing they like, like they it. are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <sighs> this is just this is just like to beat. Uh, I mean, I, I compare this a lot, but this is it looks varsity versus JV, honestly. Yeah, it does. It does. And Tatum I mean, looks like, like the best player I, on I, JV. This this one this one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Kemba's like the the exciting young point guard who transferred in. <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, I, I noticed this in game two, and I'm watching it, and we get into the second units of both teams, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it. I'm like, one second unit has Marcus Smart attempting to generate shots for like Naismith, Tristan Thompson, Jabari uh, Parker, <laughs> Jabari Parker. The other team has James Harden running the second unit, creating shots for Blake Griffin, uh, Landry Shamit, and Jeff Green. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh my God, that's that's like such a mismatch. I've never seen such a bench mismatch before. Yep, Tyler Johnson was out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And again, the Lake, uh, the Nets all year, their offense has just been like top tier, like all like all time top tier. Yeah. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it like the the Celtics have occasional stretches where they could maybe contain some of the big three guys. Yeah. And you saw it in game two. Joe Harris seven threes. There you go. Uh, so I just again offensively they're so complete, and, and Boston missing their best all around player is yeah. is just it's so hard to overcome. It is, and the thing is, it's it's so much more than just missing Jalen Brown, and you touched on it. It's the fact that Jalen Brown affects everyone else. He affects yes. their depth completely. Because one reason why Jalen Brown is so important is because he's so versatile. Plays yep. two through four. So, your depth... And this is what a lot of people who don't play basketball don't understand. Me and you understand because we play basketball for a long time. Is that when you have someone like Jalen Brown who can come in for multiple positions, your depth gets that much easier because you can be so creative. You say, okay, well... Uh, I have Jalen Brown out there. I'll bring Fournier in, and Fournier will just play the two, and Brown can just move to whoever comes out the game. Or uh, we could have a guard come in, and uh, Smart can play the one, and Jalen Brown can play the two, whatever. When you have guys like that, and there's very few guys like that, maybe six in the league like that, right? Maybe starters that can play that many positions that well. Yeah, I mean, I I would have to think about it, but that sounds like it sounds about right. Yeah, and when you don't have that, it it tears the whole roster to shreds. And the yeah. thing is, they started when they drafted Tatum. Tatum was supposed to be like that, and they just completely threw that in the garbage because they had Jalen Brown to do it. Like Tatum, I thought Tatum was going to play power forward when he came into the league, and then this year, Jalen Brown's been playing the power forward because he's been going kind of short corner to three corner, you know, um, running the baseline. And J- and Jason Tatum's been bringing the ball up court a lot of times. Yeah. So now they're forced to put Jason Tatum on the four, and now no one knows what to do. Because now who can who comes in the game first? Aaron Neesmith came in first off the bench, then Robert Williams the third, who both can only play one position on the court. So then you have to take... Kimba out, you have to take whatever. It, it just it tears everything up, man. Yeah. And, it, and it, the thing is, I think we we would agree that if they had Jalen Brown, it, they're not getting blown out every game this series. Not every game. No. No. So, I mean, Jalen Brown does so many things that just for this series that could help them. He literally could guard every the big three. Like he could take turns guarding each of the big three. Yeah. You know, obviously he's not—he's not a—he's not, not gonna completely contain him, but I—I I feel comfortable putting him on anybody of the big three. Yeah, I, I with him there, um, Tatum, Smart, and Brown versus Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. I'm—I'm I'm cool with that. I—I I think I won't say it's a wash, but it's as close as a wash as you're gonna get in the East, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as defense to the Nets offense. That's what I mean. I I will say my my one big takeaway again Brooklyn they look 
unstoppable, but they're not really being challenged, so it's hard to like value what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is good that they get a nice first series to like get together and and put some you know on court minutes together. Yep. Uh, I think that could help them out. But as far as Boston goes, I'm I'm not respecting them with this front court next year. I like Robert Williams a lot. He blocks everything. Yeah. But it's not I need more from my front court than a blo- a shot blocker and a overrated offensive rebounder. Uh, their boss is the only team in the East that doesn't have a good power forward. I noticed that. I looked at the bracket, and every other team has a elite power forward. I mean, obviously, other than uh, <laughs> the Wizards, but Philly, Tobias is an elite power forward. We have Randall I mean, Rui, in New York. Rui, Rui's looks like he could be one of those. Yeah, he looks like he could. Yeah, he's young. He's on his way. I'll give you that. We have Randall in New York. We have John Collins in Atlanta. We have Greek Freak in Milwaukee. Uh, Miami, I'm not sure who plays the four anymore for them. But uh, we see what they're dealing with right now because of that. And then we have Boston. And then we have Boston who runs Jason Tatum at the four. It's not working. So... This is going to be a short series. I feel, you know what sucks about this is we can't resolve our Brad Stevens disagreement because they're going to get, you know, 4-0'd, 4-zipped. There's not really going to be like a, a like a point to where we could look at Brad Stevens and be like, yo, he, he sold them on this point. Well, the only way we'll know is when a new coach. <laughs> they're not firing him, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> You were, they won't fire him now because of the circumstances. You're right. Because yeah, now, it, we can't even see if they're like a real contender. Right now, they look like a seven seed to me. Uh, they look worse than a seven seed to me. I mean, because they're playing Brooklyn, but to me, they look they look as limited as a seventh seed should going up against a contender, especially missing their, in my opinion, best player. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, moving on. Let's go to New York and Atlanta. Man, Oof. Madison Square Garden is jumping right now, and I love it's it. Turn. It's turn. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Spike Lee is happy again. Love to see him happy, man. First love time in smiling. a while. <laughs> yeah, when he's smiling, when he has his little rally towel going, man. Yeah, Good yeah. stuff. All I have to say... Derrick Rose, man. That's just that's it. He's the story of this whole series to me. Randall oh, yeah. is playing like trash. Both games, complete garbage. The first game was obviously worse, but um second game he really didn't do anything till I mean last night he didn't do anything until the last quarter, pretty much. And he was just running around in the way. And Derrick Rose has been playing hero ball, vintage. Uh, man, this is this is great. And obviously, I'm talking about the Knicks. It's a one-one, but the Knicks are the story because no one thought they'd be here. I think that on paper, everyone would agree that Atlanta has more weapons, probably more talent, more desirables. 
But I, I would. I don't think it's a hot take. I think the Knicks have the least amount of weapons in the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least, uh, you know, lowest caliber of weapons. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, they're getting it done. They look good. They look really, I love, really good. I love Thibodeau. Thibodeau in the second half or at halftime of this game too just said, "Hey, D Rose, I see what you're doing." Yeah, get in there. We, we back to we back to the Chicago rotation. We are D Rose and Todd Gibson. Let's go, oh, yeah, just yeah. like and, old times. And, you know, D Rose. It, it's gonna be weird. How can he keep this up if this series goes, you know, six seven, which it's looking like it will. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I it's, it's just scary because he's been such a limited minute guy for a while now. Yeah, he's playing 38 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, and I love this about Thibodeau, but again, you know, guys break down doing this. I, I will say this, though. This is the first time in a long time I've seen Derrick Rose having fun playing. Oh, yeah. Like, Derrick Rose, he had the 50-piece in Minnesota. Amazing. He's had some good runs in Detroit, some good games. But it, it still looks like a job. It looks like he's out here trying to do something that he just can't do anymore. But when this rejuvenation with Thibodeau, with Taj Gibson, his old running buddies. I mean, even Taj Gibson said in the interview after the game, he said, you know, one thing he knows about Derek is that when Derek is out on the battlefield with the soldiers he knows, he's, he's going to compete and he's going to play his heart out every game. And... It's looking like it, man. He looks great. He looks great. Fifty yeah, percent from the field. He's doing good. And he's he's creating offense for them with Hero Ball. He is. That's he what's is. so for them with the limited weapons they have, with some of the lineups they got out there. It, like the fact that they're relying on a guy to create good shots for them, and they're getting that is is invaluable. Yeah. Uh, and you saw it because Reggie Bullock, to me, was probably in the second half was a huge contribution for them. Yeah. And it just them having a guy like that that could reliably space the floor, even mm-hmm. when your best player is struggling, mm-hmm. I think it just shows that the Knicks have a bright future, honestly. They really do. They really, really, really do. I'd Barrett, say Barrett hasn't looked very good to me. I'll say that. No, he hasn't. Five for fourteen. It's not going to cut it. And what was the other game? Six for fifteen. The way he plays, that's not a good game, because he doesn't take enough shots to shoot that bad. To shoot, you know, just the quality of his shots. And it from from the from what I've seen, it really hasn't been defense. It's just been him like forcing certain things. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nerlens Noel been playing fantastic, man. Love it. His defense. I mean, I don't know who they gave Defensive Player of the Year to, but Noel has been the most impressive defense in the league, in my opinion. I mean, it's. I always thought he was a good defender, even when he was on um, OKC. OKC. He, I thought he was really good to come in off the bench, but as a starter, where you see it more. He gets in these switches, and he's he's defending guards and making good plays on the ball and getting steals. Um, he looks great, 
He looks great. Their, their ability to defend the rim is is the reason. To me, it's the biggest reason why they're in the playoffs. I think so, too. Uh, and you see it like they they get into this these moments where the Hawks just can't get good shots, mm-hmm. and it's the Knicks guarding. It's not the like the Hawk. Well, maybe Bogdanovich is doing some weird shit, but yeah, he's jacked. For the most part, it's the Knicks containing the things that they're doing. It is, it is, and I, I love how they can go to this like strong man's lineup where they go Obi, Taj. And Julius in at the same time. Oh, yeah. Where, where they, like, strap up with just strength, brute strength. Like, just being stronger than everyone else yeah. on the lineup. And, you know, yeah. probably pound for pound, there's not a lot of point guards stronger than Rose. Obviously, Trey Young's not. And they just body up everyone on the court. And it looks great, yep. man. It's elite. It is elite. But, uh, um... As, as far as the Hawks, what do you think? I think that... John Collins is, I think he's shell-shocked in a way, man. I don't think he's ever played these guys like this. It's like crazy. And yeah. Gibson? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because I picked, before the series, the thing I was most excited about was Randall and Collins going at it. And they're and both it playing even, It's It hasn't even been like a matchup because they've been so trash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Collins, I think he's just shocked that he has guys who can, who don't mind playing as versatile as him. Like Obi Toppin can guard Collins because he can step inside, outside. He's just as strong. You're not going to out jump him. Yeah. So, you know, and Randall doesn't mind it. The Knicks have the most competitors on one roster in the league. That's that, fair. Lou Williams has came in and I he's done nothing, unfortunately. Gallinari is shooting like trash. I mean, shooting I, a lot and shooting a lot. Bogdanovich is shooting way too much. I, I do not understand why. Every well, time he touches is, the ball, he yeah. just puts it up in the air. He, he's the only one that I'm like, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So so often he just like it's so it's so quick to go to the rim. Yeah, I'm like, and, were you even ready to shoot that? Like, it doesn't even look like it. I I agree because the difference between him and Gallinari is Gallinari's missing shots. I've seen Gallinari make, like, I've seen Gallinari just pull out. He likes to shoot over people's hands, like people have their yeah. hands up, and he'll just you know flick like this much over their hands. He likes that, yeah. and he hits it a lot of times. Um, he's just not hitting them right now. But Bogdanovich, man, is trying to hit step backs and fadeaways and these, like, quick Ray Allen, quick threes. Like you said, he doesn't look ready for. Knees aren't bent. It's like, <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Like, you remember I told you he cooked DC late in the year with, like, Clay Tom- like a Clay Thompson performance. Yeah. That mean, dude, dude, you're not Clay Thompson, bro. What are you doing? He is playing He's like really Clay trying Thompson. to play like him. Yeah, he is. You're right. That's but, like, great... in all the worst ways. All yep. the worst ways. Yep, yep. The first game, Knicks had a really hard time stopping that uh, uh, pick and lob, the Trey Young pick and lob that they did roll, uh, that they run with, between Trey Young and Capello or Trey and Collins, where it's the high screen and roll is a lob, lob city. We had a really hard time defending that first game. Second game, Noel was there. Randall was there. 
Toppin was there. Um, even um, I saw Barrett even get some of them where they were really trying to lock down on that. And the thing about Trey is, man, and, and this is why he's, you know, I, I won't say he's the closest thing to Seth. Like, I, I won't say it that way. But this is why he's such an elite threat shooter, uh, finisher, passer. This is nothing we're going to do to stop him. Nothing the Knicks are going to do to really stop him in a game. He's going to get his 25-plus, 7-plus assists every night. It's just nothing. We just have to worry about everybody else. And and I think the Knicks have made the right choice of not, not like, overreacting to him and, like, really trying to, like, do anything they can to contain him. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, you got to take something away, but you're going to have to give something up for that. Right. And they've given up Trey Young eating, which I think everybody expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, they're containing the Atlanta depth really well. They are, absolutely. And both of these games so far have looked a lot more even than the rosters would suggest because of their defense. Yep, and and like you said, being selective with who they who they let beat them. Like, okay, Kevin Herter is gonna beat us. Cool, DeAndre Hunter, he's gonna take eight threes. Cool, Tony Snell is gonna come in and take shots. Okay, you know we know Lou Williams isn't gonna give enough time on the court to really yeah. kill us. So and there. And- and it's very important. The distinction is, like, they're not just letting Tony Snell take shots or, or Hunter. They're guarding those guys. They're guarding them, yep. And, and to me, again, we'll get into other teams. You have to actually guard NBA players. Yeah. So, yep. and, and the Knicks are doing that so well, man. And then, like you said, they're not letting Trey Young. They're not doubling him. They're not um, denying where they can't help. They're just... They're just playing straight up competitive D, just straight up. Yeah. Speaking of, my, my okay. last point on the Hawks, I think, and we can move on to another series after that. But uh, I think watching most of the second half of Game Two, it, like knowing because they talked about it at halftime and going into the third that Collins is struggling. Yeah. Atlanta did nothing to help him get out of that struggle. Mm, I agree like I saw, I saw the Knicks trying to get Randall looks, trying to get him like mismatches. He just wasn't yeah. really capitalizing. Right. But Collins isn't like he's not like an ISO guy, so you have to include him in some of the things you run. Mm-hmm. And I just in that second half of Game Two, I, I they didn't do that very well. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Okay. Uh, I think. Kind of a similar team makeup. Let's go to Dallas and and uh, the Mavericks and the Clippers. Okay. Um, when I say similar team makeup, I would say Dallas is a lot. And it's very similar to how Atlanta is structured in their offense. At least uh, they have a ball dominant guard um, who kind of is the centerpiece of the offense. He creates plays. Um, he creates shots for everyone else. Kind of win or lose with how he plays, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing to say about the Mavericks. So if you got any anything you're seeing from the Mavericks that's like surprising you or or impressing you, you let me know because 
I, I'm not uh, really that impressed by what they're doing. I'm not impressed. Uh, I think Finney Smith is shooting really well. I think he's become like. I mean, he's in my opinion, he's becoming top tier three and D in the league. Yes, uh, for sure. And he had a great game one, and they flipped it because he didn't shoot that well in game two, but Kleber, who was bad in game one, shot really well in game two. Yep. Uh, so it was interesting how they like flip-flopped that. Yep, and the thing is, Finney Smith didn't shoot that well, but he was. they were running out there, you know? Right. So they weren't running out there in the first game, and then they were like, okay, he hit, like, what did he hit, four in the first game? So, like, okay, we need to I don't know about running out there. there. I don't know about running out there, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Brunson! <laughs> Brunson is not looks Nick like, Van looks Exel. Looks like Allen Iverson. He is not Nick Van Exel. Like, come on. He looks like Allen Iverson out there. <laughs> he had two back-to-back and ones. Like, come on, man. How much does he yeah. weigh? Like, I don't. I don't know if he's 150. He's, nah, he's, he's thick. thick. He's got to be like thick. he's got to be like 160, 170 at least. They got him 190. They got him 190. Wow, okay. Okay. I six, I, I underrated him. He's a little stronger one, than I thought. 61 190 they got him. He's 61? Yeah. He doesn't look 61. I'll tell you that right now. No, he doesn't. Um uh, He looks more like Kemba size like height-wise. Mhm. Like a, like a 5'11 right before 6 feet. Yeah. Like a tall 5'11". Porzingis played very well um, second game. Uh, Hardaway's been lights out. Yeah, Hardaway's been very good. He's been contributing in the best ways that he can. Uh, Lights out to me. Not just very good. He's been like, what does he have, like 15 threes already? Something like that? I don't know about that, but... 11, yeah. All right, let's get to it. Double digit threes the first two games. Let's get to it. This is why this is why I'm not impressed with the Mavericks, and a lot of people are. A lot of people are like, "Yo, Luca, like he's arrived, like he's here now." You're gonna look incredible when when the the team that's guarding you isn't playing any fucking defense whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, every every other team we have, I have other teams to talk about that have really struggled defensively. You know, not not too much of a surprise because I've talked about it all year with some of these teams. Yeah, but with the Clippers, it's it's so bad. It's it's like they're not even trying to get stops. Yeah, I mean, for a team for a team that doesn't guard anybody well, like we just talked about, pretty much all of the Mavericks roster playing well. Yeah. I mean, Cauley Stein is coming in there getting layups in, in blocks. Yeah. I mean, I've trashed Cauley Stein every time I've talked about him this year. Yeah. The problem for me, you're not a good defensive team. Even even if you were getting stops, we knew from the year you're not a good defensive team. Yeah. And your plan is to switch everything? You came into the playing the Mavericks, Luka, and... Like my scouting report includes Luca and a couple notes about everybody else. Yeah, just bullet points. Right. Mm-hmm. Luca is the first page. The first page, eighty percent of the scouting report. And y'all are switching everything. Yeah. 
what is the point? Ty, okay, Ty Lue's talking about Kawhi, you know, you'll get what you want. Kawhi guard him in game two. What is the point of putting Kawhi on him when he's already cooking? Right. And you're still switching. You're still (laughs) switching. Paul George picks him up, and then the the most, like, pathetic, sorry screen, they just switch. I know. They don't even try to go around the screens. They don't even try. Like, dude, how many fucking, how many minutes of this series, how many minutes of this matchup must we watch to know that Patrick Beverly cannot guard Luka. Uh, how many, you know, years of the matchup do we have to know? How many years? Yeah. Did you not? We Y'all just played this team last year. Yeah, first round as well, right? Yes. The, the Mavericks aren't that different. Porzingis is there, but, you know, he's not like... He's Porzingis not a, was there last time. Remember? Um, no, nah, he was... Morris... Well, he, he got hurt, like, early on. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm, I'm saying, saying they know him. Yeah, they know how to play. Right. It, they clearly don't. <laughs> My problem is, again, you 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 contain something, you give something up. That's how NBA is pretty always worked. Mm-hmm. You're not containing anything. Not a soul. Anything like I've watched six and a half quarters of this series, and the Mavericks haven't looked uncomfortable once. Nope. And I, I mean. What? I, I what is happening? The doubles, they have some of the worst double teaming I've ever seen. For them to have the it length looked, that they have, the they're supposed, they're supposed to have the best length in the league between Batum, George, and Kawhi, and I see none of it because the double teams always end up in a wide-open shot. And usually it's Finney Smith that gets it. They double, and Finney Smith is wide open. Like, you know... Clever, wide open. Tim Hardaway open. Jr., 11 three-pointers. He was wide open to end the game. Yep. Like, what? And their double teams are so pathetic. It's not like Luka comes off the screen, will trap him, which the Lakers are really good at. Uh, or maybe, like, you know, Luka's preparing the ISO, will fly at him with the nearest guy. Luka got the ball up top. He's preparing to, like, play offense. And a guy just, like, jogs over from another position to him. It's almost like when you play 21. And yes. That's <laughs> and exactly the it. Last, you're close exactly. to 21. <laughs> and you say your score out, they'd be like, what you got? Oh, yeah, I got 19. Oh, then here comes running a dude. Like, all right, maybe I need to come out there and check him yeah. too. That's what Honestly, it looks man, like. I, I can't even – I want to blame Kawhi. I want to blame Pandemic P. And, you know, we've seen a little, little flashes of, of Pandemic P. Mm-hmm. But he's been, I think he's been a little bit better than people have been saying. I agree. But I the mean, he's problem still, is um, 23, 6, and 5. I mean, what are they? No, he what could else be better. Want? Yeah, I he know. He could be better, but again, you're not stopping anything. Right. I just, I don't understand how you think you're going to win this series. Kawhi Leonard just had 41, Paul George had 28. Off the top of my head, you shot 40% from three. You shot like 50-something percent from the field. You shot 90% from the line. Again, your your two stars combined for practically 70 points. You had like 15, 14 threes, and you you weren't in the fucking game. And I think they out-rebounded them if I'm not... uh... Probably. Wouldn't be surprising. 
Yeah, they did. 39 to 34. All all I've praised from them all year is the ball movement. That's yeah. that's that's what fucking like like new playoff teams that's they come into the playoffs and they learn that their ball movement isn't enough to win it like go far in the playoffs are you talking about clippers or dallas the clippers okay yeah yeah clippers Mm -hmm. dallas is dallas got a lot of things going on but again like i said this last year it's not luca it's okay like luca's a great player he's gonna eat from time to time yeah Seth Curry and Trey Burke were killing y'all. Yep. Now they're past the torch. Jalen Browns, Jalen Brunson. There you go. I know they don't even bother putting Trey Burke in the game anymore because Brunson's no, doing don't. so well. Exactly, and Brunson, Brunson is doing so well, and the defense is so bad. He's controlling the game. Yep. Like his stats haven't been crazy. Like Trey Burke had some like twenty pieces last year. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry had like 15 to 20 once or twice. Yeah. Brunson had 15 in 20 minutes. Like, Jalen Brunson has complete control of the game. He's creating shots for everyone. Yeah. Just by being a, the backup guard is a mismatch. Like, what, what the hell is that? And he's not better than any of the guards on LA. And not to me, he's not. This is, again, like I said. I don't want to blame Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for this. That's like we can, and normally it would be their fault. Mm-hmm. But this is on the one position they downgraded after they blew a three-one lead. Mm. What's the that? head coach. Oh yeah, Ty the whole staff. Again, this is what pissed me off about them staying in house, hiring a guy who was there for that disaster last year. Mm-hmm. Is they don't they haven't learned what their issues are right you come in you have no game plan to stop luka i'm i'm sick of watching luka hit that same step back on in zubach's eye i'm sick of it he does it like 3 times in a row and we don't yeah. adjust anytime he wants to he does it i mean marcus morris you we know he don't he wants to go right can you please stop him once it's still not stopping him from going right. They force him. They let him go right anytime he wants. He goes left. He finishes with the right. They don't care. They Same thing with Brunson. He goes left every time. He goes right, finishes with the left. They do nothing. I saw Reggie I just, Jackson try to block a right-handed layup from Brunson, and Brunson just put it in the left hand and got an and one. Yep. Like, what, is, what does it say on the scouting report? Or the last six times you played these guys, you don't know what hand Brunson shoots the ball with? I, I, you know, you know. now that I think about it, I'm happy that now it's clear that Ty Lue's a trash coach. Me too. To me, through these first two games, it is crystal clear that Ty Lue is not even really a, like that much of a coach. And the other thing I'm noticing with the Clippers, which is tells me that he's not a good coach as well, is that it looks like he's subbing to play against Dallas and not to um, uh, exploit any mismatches he has. Like, he's trying to just keep up with Dallas and not, you know, like, who on Dallas can guard Cousins? Even hurt Cousins? Anybody? A soul? No. No. He hasn't touched the floor? 
And this is the Again, one. This is one team in the whole West that I think Canard would actually have a decent chance to compete. That's and, that's and. exactly where I'm going. It it looks like Tyloo's rotations are about getting stops. Yeah. But you're not. Nobody's playing any fucking defense. Why oh. wouldn't you put Cousins out there? Cousins can at least be a mismatch. He could be a rebounding force. Hell, he could set hard screens so your trash cans get better shots. Yeah. I'd rather Cousins I mean, take 20 of the shots that uh, Ibaka, Batum, and Beverly took. I I, I don't get... There's, there doesn't seem to be a, a game plan here. No. I, I just... Know. I don't see it. I, I'm. It's so bizarre. They're T- playing like they're the lower seed to me. Like, oh, we got to yeah. play against Dallas. All right, you know, we got to make sure our Ooh. guys come in to guard Dallas. Like, no, they should be trying to guard you. And they're not. They're exactly. taking it easy. They're just... Exactly. Dallas, Dallas doesn't even take them seriously. They don't. I told you Dallas is having fun. Luca's talking to everybody on the roster. They don't hedge. Where's, where's the, the hard foul? Luca does whatever he wants off the screens. It's like it, because they're not even trying. They're not hedging. They're not icing. They're just switching. Oh, Zubac can handle it. What are you talking about? He's getting cooked all series. He's getting cooked. Ibaka's getting cooked. Ibaka got cooked so bad they only gave him like four minutes in one game. Batum was getting cooked. Dude, uh, this is Lu, two two points that really in this game too in the fourth quarter showed me why Tyloo's an awful coach. Okay, hit me. Uh you 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 had an uh mid season acquisition that was supposed to fix your problems. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. this team got a point guard, and they still look like they're desperate for a point guard. Yep. How Rondo, who I think has actually played well in the limited stretches he's got, mm-hmm. nineteen minutes, Tyloo. Rondo, Rondo gets nineteen minutes, and he played very well in the second quarter, from what I saw. Yeah. He's he he's in playoff Rondo mode. He's hitting shots. He's creating shots for others. He has seven he's, assists in nineteen minutes. Playoff Rondo. He's like you have him. Yep. Every everything everybody every Clippers fan was begging for Rondo last year. Look at Rondo for the Lakers. Oh my God! Imagine if the Clippers had him. Yep. You got him and you play him nineteen minutes and Reggie's out there getting cooked for thirty. Yep. Beverly had twenty three. What are you doing? I, I I don't get how you could see Reggie Jackson, who every time the offense dies in his hands, uh, like a uh, part of my soul dies. The the shots they get when Reggie tries to create, yeah, it, it makes me sick. Reggie should only create for himself because it doesn't work for anybody else. And and it's it shouldn't be very often. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be creating for himself more than like if he's feeling it or if we're playing well. Not when we're struck we're we're struggling to come back. Reggie, take shots. Go ahead. Reggie's like an elite beginning of the second quarter player. Like when the starters first come out and you, you come out you the give him too much praise. He's really not. He's just he's a good like combo guard. You have to be up for him to play well. 
But well, I'm yeah, not saying I'll you're down you by 15. But if you're up six and the starters come out for the first time, Reggie, come in and give you good minutes, good four minutes while the starters are sitting. It just it, It's mind-blowing to me that Rondo played 19 minutes and Reggie Jackson played 30. Yeah. That, that's... That is such an awful decision as a coach. It, it like especially Ty Lue, who who spent his career being a point guard. Yep. Ty Lue, what are you looking at? He wasn't a in, good in, point guard. In the second, in, in his defense. <laughs> right, but you're still <laughs> playing the position, so you should yeah. have a comprehension of how the position, how impactful it could be. Yeah. But also, uh, unfortunately, his most memorable <laughs> his most memorable well, moments yeah. as a point guard was him getting cooked. <laughs> but that's because that's that was his role. He was like the backup guard. He was. He yeah. was like the a smaller Caruso. What Caruso is now, without the athleticism, that's kind of what he was. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but my thing is the second point. So again, playoff Rondo, you're not even giving a chance to thrive. That's first problem. Mm-hmm. Your second problem, you finally cut the lead to like, you know, a couple couple buckets and you tie it up. Mm-hmm. Manageable game. We're late in the fourth quarter. Dallas is getting sloppy like they always do. Yep. You have an opportunity to take this game. Yep. Listen to the, the two guards that were in the closing lineup for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly... And Terrence Mann. Yeah, no. I didn't really get the Terrence Mann at all. I was a little bit confused. A little a lot bit, of bit confused. confused. A lot of yeah. bit confused. <laughs> Look, it's not Terrence Mann. I, I think I like how he hustles. He's a competitor. I, I like how he... Yeah, man. He, he plays off of like the, the better players on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shows... Like, the fact that he's been there a while is starting to show. Yeah. He's and closing he's good, the game. He's a good off guard too. He runs the floor well, he catches yeah. lobs, he hits open yeah. threes. He's he's a more consistent shot away from being like a, a solid rotation player. Yeah. He's closing a playoff game? Ty Lu? Not Rondo. Not Rondo who's been closing playoff games his whole career since two thousand eight? <laughs> Thirteen years? Yeah. 13 years, Tyloo, but Terrence Mann's the one. Not only 13 years, he closed playoff games for the defending champions. Just last year. If Ty, just if, last year. If Lou forgot, it was just yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah, I get it. You know, ago. Boston was a long time ago. I get it. You know, yeah. memory loss. All right. But last year, we just saw it. He saved them a couple series. A couple games. A series is a stretch, but a couple games he definitely did. Well, in games that if they lost... Their series was in jeopardy. That's what I mean. For sure. For sure. Let me give you another example. Marcus Morris Sr. has been starting the last two games. Guess how many games he started during the season? Not zero. 20. Well, 29. 29. Oh. So you switch your starting lineup that you've had for... 61 games of the season to start Marcus Morris? Why? Why is Batum... Not that I like Batum, because 
I think I've been pretty vocal on here that I don't think Batum's that good. I think he's washed. But why would you switch your starting lineup for Dallas? Of all teams. Who can Morris guard on Dallas that Batum cannot guard? Or vice versa. Who can Morris score on on Dallas that Batum cannot score on? I don't know. In, in Why is Morris like a strict dead eye? I have no idea. At 6'8". To I get it. Weight. I get Markeith, Markeith with the Lakers, and Markeith is a lot less mobile, so it makes sense, especially in the Lakers. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, dude, Marcus Morris is like is still a bucket. He was averaging like twenty four on the Knicks, uh, like a year or two ago. Yeah, in Boston, he was incredible. Yeah, like you couldn't put you couldn't put bums on him. Right. And, and the Clippers got him like just a spot up shooter. At 6'8, 225. Again, supposedly the Lakers are like the, the, the rivals for them. You're not you're not taking any of the blueprint that LA that the Lakers have shown to be successful. Mm-hmm. You've not taken anything away from that. Nope. Your role players have no clue why they're out there. They don't. You're right. They it, have no it, role. They're just players. No role. Reggie Jackson's out there just creating for himself. Imagine Caruso out there for the Lakers trying to create for himself. Every time he does, it looks awful. Lakers sub him out immediately. Yeah, he does it like once, and then he never does it again. Yes, and it looks like you have Kennard, who you signed in the offseason, who's, who's proven to be a high IQ, good decision maker, Limited turnovers, but but Red, let's just keep Reggie out there for thirty minutes throwing up nonsense. And and this this is this lies the biggest issue with the Clippers, and it has been for the last couple of years. They have no leadership. They have none. No Kawhi is not a leader, and I, I want people to understand this. In Toronto, Kyle Lowry was the leader. He's still the leader. He was the leader before Kawhi got there. On the Clippers. Every team has to have either a coach that leads or a star player that leads, right? Or it just it doesn't have to be the star. It has to be a really good contributing player that leads the team. And everyone has to know they're the leader or else they're not really the leader, right? Uh, I think in San Antonio, the dynasty, it was clear that Popovich was the leader because uh, no one else even spoke on the team most of the time. Um there was Obviously, a lot of on-court leadership also. Yeah, it was it was on-court. It was like a mutual respect between the players. But at the end of the day, the person who said what happened was Popovich every game. Right. Yep. Lakers, we know who it is. We know who it was on the Cavs as well, obviously. When Tyronn Lue was coaching, we know who the leader of the team was. It was LeBron James. This Clippers team has nothing. None. None. They're, Bringing Rondo they're on so... the team was worthless if no one is going to listen to him. And Kawhi doesn't speak to the team, obviously. We only hear Kawhi's voice twice a year, maybe, in in the public. He doesn't speak to the teammates. Paul George is like a renegade on the court, it looks like, sometimes. Sometimes when they leave him out there by himself, it looks like he... 
is just doing it looks like he's playing outside of the game plan like he's playing in a way that the team is surprised that he's doing that like oh Kawhi is I mean um, Paul George is getting buckets right now wow we're shocked this is this is why I was hesitant from the, I remember a lot of people got hyped off that season opener yeah when Paul George is just cooking yeah like his game his game especially on the Clippers is is so dependent on making tough shots. Yeah, it is. And it it shouldn't be that way. It like he's have such to be a good all. he's such a good player, it shouldn't depend on you just making contested shots. And that and that tells us that it's the team it's not the team helping him get easy shots. No, not at all. I I just again, there's no self-awareness about why they're losing. Just like last year, while they're blowing the lead, Doc Rivers is clapping his hands. I saw Ty Lue in game two, fourth quarter. You're yep. down like 12. The game, you're about to get blown out, and Ty Lue's clapping his hands going to the, into the huddle. What is this positive attitude? They Oh, Paul George is talking about there's no concern. We just got to execute. What do you, execute what, PG? Listening to their post-game interviews tells you there's no leadership on the team. None. And, and, and a, another point about the switching, like, we still we still have hopes. Well, I don't, but some people still have hopes because this team has elite individual defenders. Mm-hmm. To, to switch everything literally means, like, oh, anybody on the team can get a stop. Right. Dude, that's, like... That's the worst kind of defense you could play when you can't get stops. Right. Because like you said, Luka can just literally, he can like like lazy come off a screen and he's got a mismatch. Yep, an easy he's one. He's not even playing pick and roll. He's just using a screen. Yep. So, again, I, I think the Clippers, I don't think the series is as over as people think. Mm-hmm. But if they get swept... Or if they get quickly five games, they're out. If they don't make this series competitive, this duo is over. Done. It's over. I've seen enough. Yeah, I've seen enough. It's not a fucking. First of all, it's not even a fucking duo. Two years and you still haven't become a duo. Yeah, I've seen enough. The next question would. Well, I guess we'll wait. We'll wait because Kawhi's extension is coming. Uh, We'll definitely wait. I got to see how the rest of this series plays out. Yeah. Yeah. But this team, this right now, they are the they look like the worst playoff team in the Western Conference. Oh, I completely agree. It's not even close. No, it's not. I think every everybody team in the West in the, can beat them. Based off everybody in the West is getting better. All every every team I'm thinking all, every play all the other seven Western playoff teams, mm-hmm. their their future is positive. I agree. A lot of things to be excited about. A lot of poten- Portland Portland. Maybe, but they should again, be excited about their new coach. <laughs> yeah, you you will get to that. But uh, with the Clippers, like Kawhi is probably gonna leave if you can't beat the Mavericks. Yeah, you I, you have no future because your future is Paul George, who that's working out great. They have no future with Tyron Lue as a coach. That's the none, problem. none at all. And and the thing is for me is. I want them to stick together and figure it out. I if they if they choke this like they are, 
and they suck suck it up and deal with all the the hate and the criticism that they'll deservingly get in the off season. Yeah. And they figure it out next year. That that'll be I would love that. I I'm cool on that. I'm ready but for the end. That's it's not going to happen. Like it's it's obvious that's not going to happen. Right. So this is like Steve Ballmer is sitting there and I see him. I see the like his lifespan shortening by how stressed <laughs> he is. I do too. I'm laughing because I, I know notice, exactly what you're talking about, dude. There's such a stark difference. Like they show Steve Ballmer and he's like, like you know, rubbing his head, like God damn it, like super upset. Yeah, like how they Jerry show, Jones looks when the Cowboys are trash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they they cut to Mark Cuban, and Mark Cuban's got his fists up in the air. He's cheering. He's getting hyped. Oh my god! I was like, dude, this is like this is the perfect picture of. Both of these teams right here. Yep. It's All right. bad, man. It's so bad. Let's go back to the East. A quick one. Philly and DC. 76ers and the Wizards. I have man. nothing to say. So you, you take this one away. <laughs> the problem... Okay, with DC, I like how they've competed. To start with, I, I think they have they have battled as much as they could. They have kind of they've done their best to keep up as much as they can. Yeah. Uh, and I think they've been making an effort to be better defensively. But with them, with them, they don't have the personnel to be an elite defensive team, <clears throat> and they're so prone to just like. Like bad mistakes, similar to what we talked about with Phoenix. Yeah. Like a lot of times, you know, you're gonna let guys eat when you're when your turnovers are disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, Tobias Harris in that game one, it it really upset me. But watching him eat as quickly as he did, as efficiently as he did, I, I was like, DC doesn't really have an answer for him. No, they don't. And it's, by the way, Tobias Harris is their third best player. Uh-huh. Like, forget Embiid, who you obviously don't have an answer for. In game two, we saw they really don't have an answer for Ben Simmons either. But you yeah. don't have an answer for Tobias Harris. Right. So, to me, once I saw that in game one, honestly, man, I lost I lost motivation to watch the rest of this series. Yeah. It, it was definitely disheartening. It was just demoralizing. It really was. They don't even have to... The worst part is the people who get off on their bench is is just disastrous for DC. The people like Tyrese Maxey and Furkan Korkmaz were the two leading scorers off the bench. So if that doesn't tell you where the series is going, I don't... I mean, I our bench, our bench is a, uh, our bench is a three-headed monster of Ish Smith, Davis Bertans, and Robin Lopez. Sprinkle in uh, Daniel Gafford in there, who I say sprinkle in because he plays like three minutes at a time and hacks. So, I, d- I don't understand why Daniel Gafford is not starting on the team. I, I don't know either. I don't. But 
again, DC has battled. To me, they've battled about as good as they can. Uh, but I've been high on Philly for a reason, man. They look just insanely deep. Yeah, they do. They look like their depth looks as flawless as it can. Yeah. I mean, everybody's... They fit together so well. Two games, I haven't seen a bad lineup yet. Me either. And, and this is where Doc Rivers is just... Is kind of... Is such an upgrade over Brett Brown. He has such good feel for his roster. He does. Yeah. He has he's such probably, a good feel for a lot of his players. He's one of the best lineup... As far as lineups go, he's one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, everywhere <clears throat> and, he goes. And Philly... This is kind of similar to Brooklyn with Philly. I, I love everything they're doing. Like, it's it's reinforcing a lot of the, the thoughts I had about them. Mm-hmm. But they're not being, like, tested. No, they're not. Like, they're not even... They're not really even playing defense because they don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tobias Harris is scoring every time down. Why do we have to guard anybody? They look like they're playing um, the defense that teams play when in practice when... The offense is running the plays. Like, the first string is running plays, and the coach yes. says, all right, second team go in there and just, you know, play defense. But you're really just supposed to let them run the play. Yeah, just be there. And just, like, kind of be a presence. Yeah, that's how they look. And <clears throat> yeah. it's working. I mean, Ben Simmons has been playing on my career uh, both games, but the second game was just ridiculous. He was just doing whatever he wanted. What, yeah. 22, 9, and 8. He had 15, 6, and 7 in the first half. So, Finally, uh, Philly, two things I think uh, make me very confident about them coming out of the East. Finally, I see Ben Simmons and Embiid have chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know if it was like legit during the year because they were so complete. It's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing is... Again, I think this is a huge credit to Doc. As soon as Brett Brown leaves, they instantly figure out a balance between Embiid isos and other players getting involved. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a very good balance. I agree. And this team has so many guys who could like run the offense for them. Yep. So and, uh, they look great. And one thing Doc has always been really, really good at is having no player only doing one thing on the court like even probably JJ being maybe the only exception but everyone else on the Clippers everyone else on this Philly team they have like two roles all the time like honestly man I disagree on the JJ point because you remember his game like grew when he got to the LA yeah it did it did because he He was was doing nothing in Orlando Spot up specialist everywhere. Milwaukee, I think he was on for like a year. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, but he everywhere he went, he was a pure spot up specialist. Even Philly, he kind of became that um, that uh, like chaser defender for the Clippers, which is yeah. which is a valuable valuable defender to have because you know back when Rip Hamilton was running around all over the court, Kevin Martin was another one. You had to chase him all freaking night. And J.J. was yep. one of those guys who never got tired, and he would chase those shooters around screens because he was yep. one of the shooters. And, and offensively, that. he started putting it on the floor on the Clippers, I remember, and like making good things happen. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. 
So I, now, I think. Go ahead. Now Philly has everyone doing that. Like Danny Green, you're an elite defender and a shooter. Seth, I need you to be a good ball handler because Ben is going to play every position at one point in the game. Um, Matisse Thibault, I need you to be able to hit spot up shots, or I need you to be able to cut because you're just, also yeah, the, just run, just run, just run. And he's an elite. He's he looks like an elite defender. I've compared him to Cephalosha before. He reminds me of Cephalosha a lot. Obviously, we know what George Hill does. Dwight now isn't just an inside presence. He kind of comes out and sets really good high screens more than he did for the Lakers, at least. Uh, Korkmaz is doing everything. Maxi is doing everything, it seems like. Um, Milton Milton is kind of random, but he like they let him be very aggressive, so it works. Yeah, they, they kind of make him let him be like a baby Lou Williams almost at times. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, they look good. They look really, really, really good. Yes, but this is, and we could go to this series next, but of the top three Eastern Conference teams, only one team is is being tested and is responding to that test. (laughs) We'll wait. We'll alternate, go back to the West again. Oh, okay, okay. But Brooklyn and and Philly just, it should be a clean sweep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's go to Utah, Memphis. Um, obviously, Memphis won the first game. Uh, no Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Morant has looked amazing. Uh, as far as the first game, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. It just looks like it looked like. A hot Grizzlies team and a Utah team that didn't have everybody. I mean, that's kind of how it looked to me. They really went. They didn't go very deep on their bench. They never really do. But um, Memphis just looked really hot. Everybody was scoring for them that first game. And it, it reflects how both of these teams ended the year, mm-hmm. where Utah kind of stumbled and lost Mitchell, which kind of threw them off. Yep. Uh, their their record was significantly worse later in the year. Mm-hmm. While while Memphis battled, as they often do, later in the year and earned the spot they got. Yep, yep, great point. So yep. I I think in game one it was a, it was a good reflection of how both seasons played out for the teams. And it was still only a three point game. So you're losing someone who averages twenty three or so. I'm not sure exactly what Donovan averages. 23 maybe 25 a game and he only lost by three so hey brooks dylan brooks is getting better and better every game it seems like he is he is so so then we go to the second game and um i said after the playing games that dylan brooks was going to be tested as a defender and i mean donovan came in and just was firing was going right at him from the beginning picked up quick fouls. I think everyone on Memphis was in foul trouble at one point. Yeah. Uh, Jaron Jackson finished with four. Valanciunas finished with four. Slow-mo finished with two. Morant, three. Bain, three. Grayson Allen, three. So, uh, I think Utah came aggressive. They kind of had more energy, more fire to them with Donovan. They're, and he's their leader, obviously. And uh, 
They looked great, man. 22-point lead at one point. Memphis and came I back a little the, bit. Go ahead. I love that they came into game two as like a must win. Mm, yeah, me too. Yep. Uh, Lakers did that also. It just, to me, I mean, obviously every game should be like that, but going down should really kind of like set everybody straight as far as like we need to be better. Yes, I agree. And I really like that I'm seeing that with Utah. Yeah, me too. Me too. They looked really good, man. Um, uh, one positive I have for Utah, and again, I haven't seen, I've only seen the highlights of these games. Mm-hmm. But Utah, and I don't know how much, I think Memphis is a good test because they're a good defensive team. Yes. But Utah finally looks explosive offensively. They do. Yep. And I don't mean and for the first time in probably three four years, I'm not just talking about Donovan Mitchell, right? Because anytime I use the word explosive with Utah, it only was Donovan Mitchell. Nobody else was involved, right? And finally, they look complete. They look balanced. They look like they could do things when Donovan isn't out there. Mm-hmm. And they have like threats that I, I'm even okay with playing poorly because I know they're real threats. Yeah, but part of me thinks Donovan getting hurt in the regular season was kind of a blessing for them to learn like different ways they can maneuver with him out the game. Not yeah. like I don't expect him to be out the game again for the rest of the I mean, you know, I don't expect him to miss a game for the rest of the playoffs, but him coming out the game for a long time, now there's like, okay, well we've played 20 games without him. So, you know, what can, 10 minutes is nothing. We can figure it out. Um, And they're another team who I love, like, when the roster's been together for years, especially the core of the roster. mm -hmm. You know, I talked about this not that long ago. There there needs to be, like, growth. Mm -hmm. There needs to be, like, the chemistry has to be getting better. Memphis is another team you're seeing that with. Yeah. Like, you're playing together for such an extended period of time, so many games. If you're not getting better... Then the roster is like wrong, like it's a badly put together roster. Yep. Or the coach, coaching staff doesn't have their focus in the right exactly. place. Exactly. Especially for young teams. I'm yeah, curious. Man. I don't know if like if Memphis is in trouble or if if it's like still just a fifty fifty series. Mm-hmm. Because Memphis is capable of responding to game two. They are. So it'll be interesting to see. And they're also a team that adjusts well, I think. So the key for them is shot selection. Yeah. Because, we again, Utah is locked in offensively. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to keep up with that, you have to consistently get good looks. Yep. Uh, one thing about Utah I that worries me is the amount of threes they make when they play really well. I would like to see them go against a team that can potentially outshoot them. Like obviously, I know Memphis can hit a lot of threes, but I would like to see them. You know, if they win, they would. They have. They could potentially play Dallas. I would like to see that where a team is putting up a lot of threes as well, because I wonder if their threes are taken away or the threes are neutralized. How well Utah can go against a team. I think in this game. Getting Brooks in foul trouble was big. I mean, he still had a good game. But I think having that one player that no one can truly stop from attacking made such a big difference. 
such yeah. huge big difference. Because Clarkson that doesn't surprise me. Clarkson played okay, you know, four for eleven, but um, you know he didn't attack as much as he could have in uh in this last game. I thought he would more. He just didn't really need to because the game was so out of reach by the time he came in. So. Yeah. Um, it, but uh, one thing to what you're saying is like the fact that now we're talking about them being capable of out shooting teams is a, is a good thing. It is it's a step in the right direction for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because last year, if you had told me like, you know, can they out shoot Dallas? I'd have been like, hell no. Mm-hmm. So they, they clearly, they finally had a season where they've worked on all the issues we've had with them. Yeah. Royce O'Neal is becoming like a solid threat, solid 3 and D. Yeah. Uh, Bogdanovich is... Everyone with the last name Bogdanovich takes bad shots, but <laughs> he his his shot selection looked better with Donovan there. You know, it didn't look so bad. That's good. Uh, Ingles, you know, he does the same thing every game, moves the ball, hits open threes. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Niang came in and gave some nice minutes. He had eight points off the bench. Eight points in 14 minutes. Not bad. So The guys fit when they come out there. They do. Yeah. They do. So, again, they I think their offensive... Like, the offensive woes that have just got made them look awful in the playoffs in years prior... Mm-hmm. Is finally... We've, it's finally resolved. The thing for me is I, ho- I kind of hope this series is extended... Because I think Utah will be better off if they have a battle in the first round. I think so, too. Because when they get hot, they get hot for yeah. multiple games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to the East. Milwaukee and Miami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to start with this one. I, or should I just say the same thing I've been saying for two years? You're right with what you've been saying for two years, and it applies. But my my thing is, you know, you don't always have to, we don't have to complicate it. It's not that Jimmy's not taking shots that or like he's missing shots like he did in game one. It's that he's not really playing hard. No, he's not. He's not. And and him and Bam, him and Bam, like would energized last year they would energize the rest of the team with their play mm-hmm. it's the opposite so far right like like we're playing Milwaukee a mm-hmm. contender mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson shouldn't be the first guy to get us going back to back games right I mean Goran Dragic is carrying like our starters and our second unit. Yep. I like Jimmy Butler to say I'm stupidly locked in and then look like the exact fucking opposite of that. Just just the shots he took in game 1 and how he missed them. He he's not you're not locked in, dude. What are you talking about? Mhm. So to me, like again, obviously you're right about the shoot, the shot selection, the amount of shots he takes. But it's the same shit as last year. He, like same shit as the finals. You get a forty point triple double. 
and then you're not even attacking the next game? Right. You, dude, you cannot afford to not attack against Milwaukee. He, and why do you keep why do you keep getting to the paint for a jump stop? I hate that too. It's Dude, terrible. He he got he tied the game and sent it to overtime because he zoomed past Giannis and went off one foot quickly. Yep, and laid it up. And laid it up, and it, it's like he, like he didn't learn from that. In game two, it was all jump stops and passes, passing out. <laughs> yeah, and and you know. I'm I'm still going to say it. It's the fact that 4 for 22 first game, that's bad. 18%. It sucks. But Bam had 12 rebounds. You know, it. that's four of them were offensive. Exactly what you're, you've been saying. Trevor Reza had 12 rebounds. That, that's, you score there. That, those are, those are opportunities to score. And it's okay. You went to overtime and you lost. But guess what? Jimmy, you still had the highest minus on the team. You were minus eight. No one else was... Uh, Ariza was minus seven and Deadman was minus seven. And you were minus eight in the first game. Second game, you're minus 34. Surprise, surprise. You only took ten shots. Guess how many rebounds Bam had? Three. Three rebounds. Bam had literally proves your point. Ariza had five rebounds. Bam had four assists. You're not gonna win. You have no way to win. Bam is not a go-to guy. He's not Demarcus Cousins. He's not Anthony Davis. I hate seeing. And, and I hate he seeing could Bam. Be, he could be when he's hot. I know, but not the whole like the whole first quarter was giving Bam the ball at the three-point line. Why? And guess what? Brook Lopez was doing. He was just standing in the paint. Waiting for him to come at him and turn around and back up. It was almost like a drill. Like, like someone catches it. All right, man, I'm right here. Come back, come back me up. That's what it, it looked like. Like they they're were just running a post up drill. Yeah, they're they're attacking a Brook Lopez like they did uh, Tice in the conference finals last year. Yeah, and it's it's so bizarre because like Brook Lopez deserves so much more respect than that. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to call uh, every foul on Brook Lopez. And the other thing is, you have a help a help man. Giannis was tossing his stuff sometimes because he was trying to, um, you know, do something over Brook. And Giannis was coming from the weak side and sending it. Yes. Uh, but beyond Jimmy's shots, because you know, last year we had a number of examples of him not being aggressive. It's terrible, man. But he. Like, he would get stops. He would create shots for other guys. Yeah. He would get free throws. Yeah. He would just compete. And he's not done that the first two games. No, he hasn't. Like, you're not taking Middleton. You're not really taking Giannis away. You're not even taking Drew Holiday away. Like, why don't I see you defensively? Another... Um, another way to show his lack of aggression, he only had two rebounds the second game. Jimmy is like a normally a aggressive rebounder for a guard. I mean, he had ten the first game, which was you know solid, but only two the second game. Just he just decided not to show up the second game, man. It, it was nah, just... not at all, not at all. And Milwaukee fittingly was lights out. No three point attempts at all. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he was breaking a lot of them in game one, but it, it's like, 
I just I don't understand. Miami has had no intensity. No, they haven't. No toughness. No like. No fighting spirit. Kendrick okay. Nunn's been the only person competing, in my opinion. And I don't like it. It's it's hurting the I mean, team. But it, Duncan Robinson's another one who's been trying, but like he's a fucking shooter. He can only like, try so like, much. What is he supposed to do? Right. Dragic is another one who's been trying. Yeah. And Dragic is low key been giving it to Drew Holiday. I don't care what the series is and you know how how bad game two looked. He has. Oh. Dragic has been eating on Holiday, but Kend- uh, uh, Duncan Robinson out rebound. Bam and Jimmy Butler in the second game. That is, that makes me sick. It just, it, it really makes me sick. Yeah. Another team, and I don't know where, I think this is more Butler than like the Clippers stuff, but Butler just acts like he's not self-aware about the team's success. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's pissing me off. Like like I know he like he watches film. He sees what's going on. The coach is a film specialist. That was his job right. for twenty years before he was a coach. He got into the NBA with that like job. Yeah, and where's the film? I'm I can analyze that Jimmy needs to take more shots, and I'm sitting here at home. Yeah, yeah. It's, what it's are you bad, missing? man. I, they're not. Spolster deserves a, a good amount of blame for some of the issues they've had. Yeah, but again, like you know, the Mil- Miami has no competitive spirit right now. You know, in game one, and this game was over early second quarter. Game one, or game two? Excuse uh, me. Yeah, game two. Yeah. Early second quarter. Okay, first quarter, you're down bad because Bryn Forbes can't miss. Uh, Pat Connaughton can't miss. Mm-hmm. You go into the second quarter, you're still giving up open shots to everyone. Yeah, no, I didn't see any adjustments. No, like no flying contests to run. I, if Pat Connaughton hits three straight threes, I'm running him off the line the rest of the night. Yeah. He's going to have to, you know, turn the rest of the game into a dunk contest because he's not getting threes. Exactly. And it's the same thing with Bryn Forbes. Like, if Bryn, For- Bryn Forbes, I don't want him shooting because I know he's a good shooter. Yeah. But seemed you, like, like, you let him get 20. Seems like no one on Miami knew he was a good shooter until he hit nah. four already. Nah. And, you know, game two is hard to be impressed by Milwaukee because they just shot so well. Mm-hmm. You're going to look great when everybody's hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in game one, man, they struggled in a lot of the same ways they've struggled in the past. Mm-hmm. But I really like how they fought through it and stuck to, like, who they are. I agree. And you know what's another thing that I didn't notice last year with them playing Miami? I feel Milwaukee's depth, uh, length through the first two games. I do, too. I yeah. didn't feel it at all last year. Mm-hmm. And now, even in the struggle first game, I, I felt how long, how big Milwaukee is. They get so many deflections. It's not always a steal, and they should. but they get the, their hands on stuff. Bobby Portis is fighting for every ball. Every time he sees, you know, he sees the orange of the basketball, he's trying to get it. Same with P.J. Tucker, and you already know that. And they just they and, get their hands on everything. And look at how much more time Giannis is spending in the paint. Yeah. Yeah. But look at how much more time Giannis is spending in the paint. It's like it's 
putback city. It is. Because he's crashing his own misses. Middleton, who has been great, he's crashing his misses. Yeah. Uh, again, Milwaukee, I, I, I want to wait to talk about, like, Drew and how much of an upgrade he's been until they really get tested or, and maybe when we see how this series plays out more. Yeah. Uh, but he's on the way to, to doing exactly what they need to be in the finals. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Milwaukee looks great. Miami's kind of collapsing, and it's I've I haven't of all the struggles in in the playoffs going on right now, nobody is more individually responsible for their team's struggle than Jimmy Butler. I completely agree. Not 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 even close. Yeah. And uh, last thing I'll say that we both have said the first game was really close, came down to the wire. Big shot by Chris Middleton. Uh, Milwaukee shot 60% from the free throw line that game. Second game, complete blowout. They won by, what, 34? Felt like 40. Yeah, 30, 34. They shot 90% from the free throw line, 18 for 20. That's it, man. But I, I don't care. I don't care because you're up a lot and you're hitting shots. Yeah. It's a lot easier to make free throws when you're playing great. Yeah, but I mean, Giannis shooting six for seven. That's that's great. You're winning, but you're up thirty. Of course, he's gonna shoot better when you're up thirty than when you're fucking in a fourth mid fourth quarter tied up. For most people, I would agree with you, but Giannis, I've seen Giannis, I've seen them killing people, and him still shoot air balls from the free throw. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. I'll give you that, but. The thing for me in game one that really stressed me out is that other guys are missing free throws. Oh, yeah. It's Brooke bad. Lopez got in on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Middleton got in on it. My God. <laughs> I, I sent you like six messages just yelling free throws. Drew missed two. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's bad. Bobby Porter's missed one. It's it, bad. I'm, I'm going to hate when that – if that costs them like – a, a crucial game against the other, you know, Brooklyn or uh, or Philly. I, I will hate that. Well, I, all I'm saying is the closer game was when they shot worse free throws. If they had made, they missed 13 free throws. If they make five, they wouldn't be in overtime. That's exactly. all I'm saying. I, I I agree with you. They should be making free throws when they're up, but they should make free throws either way. It's free throws. Free. I mean, it, free throws, and we've seen them lose series because of free throws, and I, I I'm just, I'm just, uh, not celebrating, but giving them props for improving on the second game. Shooting ninety percent is good, regardless of what the score was. They, if they could do that every game, they'd be up by thirty most games. Until I see a close game where they either keep a lead or like get a lead with free throws. I gotta see. I gotta see we'll them see. tested. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Just like I said with Brooklyn and Philly, I I need I need them tested to see what they're really made of. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And they didn't respond in game one. Nope. All right, last one. Denver and Portland. Uh, it is one one, as we're recording this. Um. Uh, what do you like? What do you hate? You have a lot to say about this or no? Um, well, I've been pretty negative defensively for, for a lot of teams. Uh, as far as individual defense goes, 
nobody's impressed me more than uh, game two, second half, Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, he... Chased Damian around. Damian Lillard in the second quarter... Damian Lillard in the second quarter went, like, nuclear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Compazzo guarding him a lot of the time, you expect that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah. still, like, Compazzo is there, and he went nuclear. Like, Compazzo hasn't really getting, been getting, like, broken off every time. Right. If you see Lillard, it's just, like, he's just hitting Lillard shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's super tough, super quick shots. Mm-hmm. Deep-ass pull-up. Yeah, yeah. He's showing the full package. Mm-hmm. And Gordon, again, he, he kept it simple. He made Dame work. Yeah, that's it. Didn't bail him out. Didn't bail him out with fouls. Made him rush shots. Made him have to think quicker. Mm-hmm. Have to, like, be more versatile. Mm-hmm. And I, I, honestly, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Dame did much better attacking him next game. Because he's that good. Yeah. But it was for a, for a limited team, or for a team that's missing a key guy, to for to have a guy that could step up like that is is championship DNA. Honestly, it is absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, that was kind of Grant's role last year. I've seen, I saw Grant have to do that a few times, but um, not having him, I'm glad they got Gordon because Gordon fits right into what they needed, what they were missing Gordon, most of the season. Yeah, man, and Gordon is such a perfect fit because he's he's like slightly tweaked how he plays because mm-hmm. he did a lot of like big man shit in Orlando. Yeah, which I hate. But now in Orlando, yeah, I hated it too. But now in in, uh, in Denver, it works, and especially when Jokic is out there uh, get up top, like seeing everything, mm-hmm. he just seals guys. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, there's so many big wings and, like, big perimeter players that I wish could do that. Mm-hmm. And it, he's so effective because it's open shot or it's seal layup or, like, a putback battle. Yep. And it's all, like, great opportunities. It's all good things for Denver that he's doing on both ends. Mm-hmm. Again, he's... He doesn't play like Grant, but he's been exactly the fit that Grant was. Exactly. Yep. And I, it's I, I honestly, so far, it's probably been the most, the the most impactful, like pick midseason pickup. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, yep. But more, more to Denver, they their balance looks really good with how they move the ball around. Yeah, it does. Uh, and and I really like how collective they play even though Jokic is the star he's the creator for most of the stuff they do mm-hmm. but through these first two games honestly the stretches when Jokic isn't creating or taking shots is probably what's impressed me the most yeah I think so too yeah I mean to, to be able to play like Austin Rivers uh Monty Morris and Compazzo at the same time generate good shots and find a way to get stops I mean that's that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Malone has been doing Malone and a lot of the players have done a good job of just slightly elevating what they do to pick up for Murray's absence. Yeah. Like Compazzo's running a little bit more than he normally does. Rivers Rivers every playoffs he plays with a little more edge even though I don't know if he has it or not but he plays with it. Yeah. 
which is good. And and Gordon, like I said, is doing all good things. Millsap looks a little uh, re-energized. Yeah, he looks like he's got young legs again. Yeah, uh, they look really good, man. Porter Jr. is getting time as a second star. Yeah, finally. Who I think, like you said, for I uh, can't remember who off the top of my head, but oh, Mitchell missing time for Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, while it's a lot more time here with Murray, but this will be a great chance for Porter to get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it looks like it. They they look a lot of the problems we've had the first two games. Like Jokic is looking for him. Mm-hmm. Finally. They're like yeah. they're feeding him. Yeah, everybody. Monty Morris looks for him. Millsap looks for him, and, and their offense looks. Go ahead. Their offense just looks way more explosive when Porter's like a consistent, uh, aggressive player. Yeah, and and that's basically what I was gonna say. He's been aggressive inside and outside now too, because last year they kind of just used him like a spot up shooter, and now he's cutting. Yeah. You know, he's doing that um, like pump fake Driving. one dribble pull ups. You know, he's getting some screens. Uh, You know, he's getting some pick-and-roll work. So he's getting a lot more touches as a scorer than he did last year as well. Yeah. And you see it. He's more engaged. Oh, yeah, he is. His effort defensively is much better. He's, dude, he's often, he's like randomly a machine on the boards. I, I said it last year. I thought he could, I think he could be a top 10 rebounder in the league. He really could. If he if they needed him to and like a team really yeah. devoted to it he he's so he's so long and so quick he has really quick reflex on his jump so yeah and he's like it's it's impressive because he's his frame like is you know like thinner he's not really he doesn't play that tough a lot of the time mm-hmm. he's obviously he, he you can feel the guard elements of his game in everything he does yeah. Because, you know, he played guard for a lot of his younger years. Yep. Uh, but again, just the way he commits to rebounding, especially on the offensive glass, mm-hmm. uh, it makes Denver that much better. Yeah, it does. Yep. <clears throat> yep, it but does. But Portland... Portland's stuck. They're stuck in the same... They're just... They need to blow it up, man. I, I honestly, man, watching that game too, like I kept wanting to say they don't need to blow it up. Like they could do this and this to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could get into like, I think we're on the same page as far as the, what they need to do first. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly, man, they're, they're, some of their guys have developed really awful like basketball characteristics and at this point I don't think a new coach will be able to fix that right away give me some examples uh Nurkic's decision making is is in the toilet (laughs) I agree I've never seen I've never seen a big man who's capable of doing everything make the wrong decision so consistently I completely agree yeah that's that's what's so bizarre to me is a lot of guys play bad, like missing shots, just being off, like, you know, Chris Paul couldn't dribble after he hurt his shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, I get stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
Nurkic, Nurkic is a lot of times put in the Draymond position, right? You get the short roll, you got a ton of space, you could do anything. Yep. And, I mean, he he's like, as far as making the right decision, it's like 30% of the time. Yeah, I agree. It's so bad. He His passes are, he always passes when he has a great shot. Yep. But he's a black hole when they're guarding him well. Or he passes to someone who can't shoot from to where like he passes it to them. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, you're gonna pass it to me, but I have to do a bunch of stuff to get a shot off. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he does he does what Jokic used to do when he was a little like fatter. Jokic would be there to contest stuff, but mm-hmm. like guys are getting layups, layups, layups. He's not really defending the rim. Right. And it, it kind of looks like he is because he's there. Mm-hmm. That's that's Nurkic's specialty. Yeah, he's like a demon. He's always fucking there to contest, to to stay in front. Mm-hmm. But he, he never he never stops anything. Right. He and, very and rarely has more than a one block, maybe a game. Yeah, man. And again, he's he. What you said about Anthony Davis is a good uh, comparison to this. Because Nurkic seems like he he's trying to show us that he could do everything every night. Yeah, he does seem like that. He always wants to take jumpers, even though if he can't fucking make them. Mm-hmm. His his layup selection, it, it just... I don't even want to say anything. It's awful. It's terrible, yeah. It's top... top worst... He's probably top five worst layup selection in the league. Uh, again, he's like athletic, but it's like... it's It's all the... Every time he needs athleticism, he doesn't use it. Yeah. Every time he, he has randomly. A... <laughs> oh, go ahead. It's just his game has such a absence of IQ. I, I don't think coaching can fix it at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I thought they should have traded him last year as soon as he got healthy. That was my opinion. But um, to your point, sometimes he's wide open at the top of the key. And he, he, like, calls for a handoff. And then he'll have someone on him at the top of the key. And he'll make a jab step and he'll try to shoot a three in their face. I, I just don't, I don't get where the, you know, I guess that's him being in rhythm. Or, you know, he wasn't called for the play or whatever. Because, you know, it, it looks like, you remember, like, Tice's first year starting? I think it was two years ago. Like, right when they lost Horford and Tice was, like, playing a lot of minutes starting, he yeah, was, like, not a threat with the ball at all until, like, until he would, like, just get mad and he'd snap and try to, like, score on everybody. And it, it, it wasn't working, and it didn't help to have him on the court because he was doing nothing but fouling at one point, right? Nurkic is good and does that to me a lot of games. But... I, I slightly disagree where, I, I, like, Tice competes, and I don't think he fouls as much as they call it on him. Like, they no, just I, don't give him the benefit of the doubt ever. Oh, no, I know, I know. That's the joke, but, yeah, I know. But that's this is the difference. Nurkic is fucking hacking out there. <laughs> and he, he bitches and whines about it while hacking out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's what's true. crazy. Like, he'll clearly foul and fucking whine about it. Like, Tice, Tice would foul, you know every other time 
and he'd get called every time. So I, I get the frustration there. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you're fouling every time they call it. Like, they're not calling fluke shit on you. You're right. You're right about that, for sure. You're right. So, again, it's in so many ways. Again, I, I'm not saying he's, like, awful. I, I no, know he could not. do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, he's capable of doing a lot of things well. Yeah, he is. But just how often he makes the wrong decision, it, it blows my mind. He's only 26. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, again, the game two, I was starting to think, like, Nurkic thinking he's their third guy, it hurts the the rest of the roster. It does. No one should think they're the third guy other than Carmelo. And- exactly. And even Carmelo is selective when, when he's playing like a third guy. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. Nurkic is out there like he's when when oh my, God forbid Dame or CJ are on the bench. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Nurkic is the primary decision maker when that's going on. Yeah, and and they catches the ball and, and he this, palms it in one hand like he's MJ. Yes. And he's the, like directing traffic. Like stop, dude, please. Yeah. <laughs> He and, tries and to hit the Portland, baseline cutter from the top of the key a lot. Yeah, turnover all the time. Yep. And my thing is, like, I'm starting to get mad at Portland because they seem not to be seeing that. Yeah, they act, they act like that's just his game and we can just play through it. Yeah, and they use Nurkic to, like, to pretend like they're trying to take pressure off of Dame and CJ. Right, and that's, that but shouldn't what's be his it, role. It's doing the opposite. It is. Yeah. I just... I, and it makes them have to play harder defense because a lot of times... His turnovers are like the layup turnovers. Oh yeah, layup for the other team turnovers. Yeah, because he and he's the last one to get back every time. He acts like he's mobile, but he still you know runs like a duck. He's still slow. So it's like, yeah, yeah man. He's he only just, mobile. He's only mobile when creating a shot for himself. Right. It's the only time he's mobile. Yeah. It it it's clear that. People have boosted him up a lot. I think because he was on Denver and, you know, Jokic turned out how he was, I mean, how he is now. And they're like, yeah, well, Nurkic was really good too. He's like the second version. And he's just not. And it's just, you know. <laughs> he's not, dude. He could he could have such a good impact if he just committed to rebounding all night. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, dude, forget the, forget the playmaker shit, the... the the, the kind of rushed shots or bad shot. Dude, just get on the glass. Yeah, he could be a Brad Miller type. Just, you know. Yeah, and, and like, if you're going to hack, use your damn fouls, dude. You're you touching Monty Morris. He's getting and ones on you. Right. And Monty Morris weighs, he probably weighs less than Brunson does. Probably. <laughs> yeah, he's probably 170. It, it's just, it's a lot of the same things in Portland, though. It is, yeah, yeah. And and Damian Lillard, I'm starting to get mad at how great Damian Lillard is mm-hmm. because he hides, he hides their problems by being so great. Uh, unfortunately, it's not his fault. And the thing is, right, a lot of games it looks like Dame is the only one who. I'm trying to be careful in saying this. Everyone on the team wants to play well, but it looks like Dame is the only one who wants to win this game. 
if that makes sense. Like, everyone on the team wants to, you know, they want to outscore the other team, but they don't necessarily want to win. And that's where I see the big difference between Damian and even CJ. CJ, a lot of times, he plays good. He comes back and forth with guys. And he outplays his opponent or his matchup. But I don't see the winning DNA in him often. No. And and where their winning DNA really lacks is they got the same... It's it's kind of surprising they're not worse defensively than the Clippers mm-hmm. because they come in they came into this Denver series with no game plan. I agree. Like again, you contain you're not containing Jokic obviously. If he's going 15 of 20, yeah. I mean, Jesus, like what what defense? Right. But you're also Monty Morris is doing whatever he wants. I mean, when was the last time Millsap did whatever he wanted? Yeah. Six years ago, maybe? Five? Like, it, half a decade. Yeah. Millsap and was... Millsap, in game two, looked like the strongest player in the gym. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. But it's just, there's no principles defensively, so it's back and forth. Mm-hmm. Every time with Portland, no matter how bad the matchup is, it's back and forth. Yeah. And it's like Damian has to be spectacular because I don't nobody else could keep up. Right. Because you're giving up easy opportunities on the other end to a team that's defending you. So now Dame is rescuing you by being spectacular. Mm-hmm. The moment Dame cools off or the moment they double him, eh, CJ, you you kinda you're kinda selfish, bro. You're not seeing anybody. Right. Nurkic, you're kind of making the wrong decision every time. Yep. Carmelo, I, I know you're not in Denver or New York, but I need you to, like, continue to shoot the ball. Don't just shoot it for five minutes and then never shoot it again. I know. I, I hate when they don't immediately score out of Dame's double team. Like, they're, they're double teaming him 40 feet from the basket, and he passes out of it, and they don't attack. It's it's bizarre. Look, look at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Dallas... When they double Luka, it's almost a guaranteed good shot. Yeah. And it was like that throughout the year, and not they don't, just in this series. And they don't double Luka nearly as far as they double Dane. No, right. Yeah, they they so, ice or hedge up on the screen or double it immediately 30 feet from the basket for Dane every time. And still get Jayed a lot of times. Yeah. So. And that's I was concerned in game one... Because, like, Damian was spectacular as a scorer and a playmaker, which is, doesn't happen happen that often. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing this, and I'm like, Denver is right there. Yeah. Like, they're going back and forth. You know, Portland pulled away late, but it, the game was close most of the night. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, wow, Damian had to be, like, a point guard. Of, he had to be Jason Tatum. He had to be Steve Nash or Chris yeah. Paul. And he had to, like, try to get stops. Like, I mean, Damian is great, but he's not fucking LeBron. Yeah, he he is starting to look like he doesn't have help, yet the roster looks like he has help. And that's not good. That that's why I don't I don't even want to see a single roster move until Terry Stotts is gone. I'm cool if Nurkic is gone before Terry Stotts is gone. But I agree with you. I agree with you for the most I part. I would be mad at that. Yeah, but if they trade, I would be Nurkic, mad at that. But I, uh-huh. I just, I just, I would want to see who they hire. 
Because I, I don't want to like 100% give up on Nurkic, mm-hmm. but it's like 99.5. One thing that's kind of rough about Portland now, as far as the coaching goes, they made a really big deal about the Minnesota coach hiring outside of the organization. So I hope that they don't trip out when they go hire like a really good coach. Like I, they don't need anyone in the organization. I'm cool if they completely clean house, like Nash or like um, Billy Donovan does, and just they whoever it is is bring their own staff. I, like I want Mo Cheeks with um, Donovan. I want whoever Nash wants to hire. I want whoever D'Antoni wants to hire. You know, I like that. I like when coaches do that because they know something else works. They know this. They have trust in people. When they just hire just a new coach with the same assistants, or they hire assistant and the assistant hires people that they know. It's 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 yeah. bad for a team that isn't that far from championship quality. I think Portland yeah. is championship quality. Is just something a little off. I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's overly drastic as far as like, you know, I don't think they necessarily need to blow everything up, but it's like you said, it, it could start with a good coach and I, I don't want yeah it to be like a Steven Silas situation where, yeah, we have good players and we just signed this coach that's never coached before and he's just going to build a new philosophy with Damian Lillard who only has like maybe five years left. In I mean, it was a disaster in Indiana. Yeah, it was. Yep. It's been a disaster so, multiple times now. Just, yeah. just this year. Yep. Yeah. It, I, I kind of look at it slightly different, but I, at the same time, it's similar. The The problem I have with hiring a coach inside within the organization is, it's the, the again, the Clipper syndrome is that you just need to be better at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It, right. We've seen what you do. It's not enough. You could get to the playoffs doing what you do. That's great. You've been in the playoffs seven years straight. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not working. Right. It's not working. And to your point, somebody needs to come in and say it's not working. There needs to be drastic changes with how we play. Yeah. And and that's kind of where I slightly disagree. Is Maybe the roster doesn't need a complete overhaul, but I think the way they play needs to change entirely. I agree. I agree with that. I, I agree with that for sure. Like, you're never going to be... To me, they never look like a... You notice every every playoff series they've ever played, they never look like a favorite. No, they don't. It always looks like Damien has they've to never, battle. They've never... Yeah, they've never once looked better than the other team... Because it's back and forth. It's always up and down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unless you're going to upgrade the, the team IQ with certain pickups, which, you know, looking back, Powell was a mistake because IQ is not his game. Right. Uh, but to me, I think it has to start with coaching. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I just can't see the players changing that much. I agree. If... uh. Um, do you think CJ McCollum would be better off the bench? Not for Portland, just in general. Like, do you think he'd be good off the bench, or do you think he has to start wherever he goes? If they traded him, 
and a team said, well, we think we should put him on the bench, do you think that would work? He seems like he seems a little too toxic to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's also because he's been great. Like he's been, he's like such a starter caliber player. Yeah. That I, I wouldn't be completely mad if he took that as kind of disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But honestly, looking at Portland, I think could be exactly the kind of drastic change they need. That's what I think too. Because I think putting him with more of the, more of the second unit, mm-hmm. now you're a little more capable of keeping up in these shootouts. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, you're getting in shootouts with everybody, but even when your roster's better, it's even. Mm-hmm. That's like, like, Denver, without Murray, is not a better scoring team than you. Right. And they look like it. Right. So... That's where, but I, I do like that idea. I think McCollum off the bench could be fire. I think if they got a better three, you know, we, we've thrown out Paul George or, not Paul George, but I'm saying if, we, if they got a really solid three, maybe Middleton quality, mid all-star to not, to like snub status, and then, you know, started Powell and Covington and then moves um, CJ to the bench with Carmelo. I think I would like that. I think that would be interesting. I'm, lo- I'm looking back. I would have liked uh, Gary Trent starting with Dame. I like that too, but not and with Powell just, too. Well, yeah, they couldn't have had Powell, but yeah, yeah. I liked who, who was starting at the three for them. Was it? It's the one mellow, was it? It was Derek Jones. When they when that's not it. <laughs> so they were they were like a position away from. Yeah, but like having the capability to do that. Yeah, when CJ was hurt, it was it was Dame, Gary Trent, Covington, Derek Jones, and Nurkic, and they were still missing that that other forward. But yeah, I I thought if they had a forward there and CJ never came back to start, I thought they were fine. They just never put Rodney Hood in a, in the game again. CJ came back, you know, they traded Trent, so. Like, why, why can't Simons get a real chance to thrive? He looks like he's getting better. He does. And it's like they yank him. I hate... It's, it's so infuriating. Again, back to the Clippers and Portland. They sub guys because they're playing bad defense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, everybody's playing bad defense. Who cares? Right. It, like You're not defending anybody. What, what does it matter that Simons can't get a stop? Right, and the fact that he can't get twenty is the only thing, only reason they keep taking him out. I I'm with you. I think that's crazy because when Simons comes in, and for some reason they like refuse to let him handle the ball, but when Simons does come in, he always attacks. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. I like how he plays in the game. He plays like an explosive scorer. Yeah, he does. Which which is often. Again, this is the. It's just I, I go back to the up and down play style. It's so bad. He kind of has it's that. It's so. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's so wild. It, they like it's there's so much inconsistency with so many things. Yeah. That your mistakes get like exposed more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He plays kind of with that Terry Rozier kind of, um, you know, young Terry Rozier kind of game yeah. where it's like you know. Yeah. I'm going to attack. I'm off the bench. I need to prove something every night. 
but yeah, we're still we still don't value him for some reason. So yeah. Well, uh, that's our recap of the playoffs thus far. We'll come back after two games. Um, yeah, first round we'll go every two games. Uh, I mean, we might just continuously do that until you know conference finals. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there'll be uh, less days the next round or less games per right. day so we'll be right. able to watch more of them too no nba no double ups on the nba tv i don't think yeah man it's tough uh, that first weekend like i was like man i'm watching everything yeah and then sunday came and i'm like i'm six games in i'm like damn i've really just been staring at the tv watching basketball like non-stop right yeah it's tough like i really saturday my eyes were hurting because i watched four straight games and did like nothing else mm. you know in between that right right yeah that's tough that's always tough yeah yeah but first i'm always ready for that because first round is always packed with games yep yep well uh Follow us, subscribe to us, uh, you know, like everything like that, all the social media stuff. We're there, no podcast. And, uh, Thank you guys for listening, as always. Yep, and we'll be back next time. <laughs>